Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parsha Miketz. We continue with the saga of Yosef and uh, his brothers. And um, a, it's a very interesting explanation of this parasha, one of the many, many lessons that we derive from it, Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg, in his book, The Inner Dimension, he, he explains that, um, that Joseph's brothers had a, a very ingrained hatred towards his brother. They hated him. They, they hated, hated him to the point where they even thought about killing him. And it was just a miracle that Yehuda at the last minute decided not to allow them to kill him and they sold him into slavery. And we read last week how he came to Egypt and he ended up being a slave in the house of Potiphar. And then he was uh, accused of trying to rape his wife, ended up in jail for 12 years. And then in this parasha, we see that uh, Pharaoh has a dream, uh, actually two dreams, which are one dream where he dreams about the fat cows and the skinny cows and how the skinny cows eat the fat cows. And then he dreams about these, um, these uh, stalks of corn where there's these fat, fat stalks of corn and then there's the skinny ones and the skinny ones eat the fat ones. And nobody can interpret these dreams for him. The, his necromancers give him all these weird uh, ideas of what these dreams mean and he's not happy with them. And then the cupbearer uh, remind, remembers that, uh, that Yosef in the, in the prison had uh, interpreted his dream and he remembered him and in a second, in a split second, he was taken out of prison. And this name, Miketz, means really the end of days. And it's an allusion to the time of Messiah when in one second we're going to be taken out of exile and we're going to be able to come to the, to the, to, to the Geula, to the redemption. So Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg in, this, um, in, this, uh, in his commentary of the Torah portion, uh, he, he, he focuses on this hatred that the brothers experienced towards Joseph and how Joseph is so ingenious, he's such an intelligent person, that um, he, when he, they come down to Egypt because there's famine, it's the time of the famine, and uh, as he interpreted these dreams that there were going to be seven years of uh, plenty and seven years of famine in the land, and he not only interpreted them, but he gave Pharaoh the solution for the problem, which he always said that everything came from Hashem, that he's his, that he could interpret these dreams was not because of him, it was because of God. Uh, he was a very humble person and he recognized where his, uh, his intelligence came from and his uh, prophecy came from and he gave him the solution. He told him like in the seven years of plenty we should like stock up and uh, be very careful in spending and then in the seven years of, of a famine we'll have enough produce to be able to feed uh, everybody for seven years. So they're already in the seven years of, of famine. The brothers come down to Egypt. They come to buy food because in the land of Canaan, there's the famine also has reached and they're hungry and there's no food. And the father sends them to buy food in Egypt. 
And when they see Joseph, they don't recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognizes them. And, uh, and uh, he, he sees them and he feels bad for them. He feels sorry for them. He doesn't feel any animosity towards them. We don't see in any moment that he's uh, a victim of his circumstances or that he feels bad about what the brothers did to him. He always understood that this was a plan from God, that he was actually sent to Egypt with a mission, with a purpose, that even if the brothers wouldn't have done what they did, he anyways would have ended up in Egypt as a slave, as a prisoner in a prison, as a viceroy of Egypt, that this was Hashem's making. So <clears throat> Rabbi Ginsberg uh, explains that he did, he, 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 he had an ingenious scheme in which he put the brothers in a position where they had to go step by step again through the whole feelings of what they felt for uh, Joseph without knowing that he was Joseph, but they puts them again um, in the same situation with their little brother, Benjamin, who is actually Joseph's maternal brother, maternal and paternal brother. And he makes a whole thing about uh, treating them bad and sending them back home and giving them the food, but making them come back with the brother. The whole thing really is a, is a, is a plan that he, that he schemes in order for the brothers to be able to get rid of the hatred and turn it into love. This was an act of, of love. He didn't do it out of revenge or hatred or anything else or to just to get back to the brothers. He did it because he really wanted the brothers to do teshuva and to really come back to, to who they really are. So Rabbi Ginsberg gives an incredible explanation of what what hatred is and where hatred comes from and how people become hateful people. And he says that hatred results from a lack of understanding and true appreciation. Like when a person doesn't understand and they don't understand why people are the way they are and they don't appreciate people, uh, then hatred starts to come into their hearts. And we see that Joseph was actually the favorite son of, of Jacob. He stood out with a, with a distinctive clothing. The father made him this beautiful uh, coat, multicolor coat. And they learned together and he put a lot of emphasis in his education, maybe because he was a, an orphan, his mother had passed away. But whatever it was, this created a lot of envy in the brothers and a lot of hatred. And Hasidut teaches us that there, there was an inherent difference between Joseph's divine service and that of his brothers also. Like they didn't come to serve God in the same way. The, the brothers were shepherds. They came to the world to, to be in a cocoon. They were in their shtetl. Uh, uh, they didn't go with the world. They just kept to themselves and they took care of their flocks. and learn Torah all day and this is how they got they connected to Hashem but um, Joseph was a completely different type of personality he was a, an outward person he was more of the world he he was not like a shepherd and this is what happened to him he ended up going out to the world he came to a place where it was devoid of Judaism there was no Jewish people there there was no Torah no yeshiva no nothing no family, 
And nevertheless, he kept himself straight and, and, and pure. And he was like the Hanukkah lamps. He, he kept shining even in the darkest times. So he, he was a person that really is someone that we have to come to emulate and try to learn from him and his ways. So we see that in Hasidut, uh, there's, a, there's a recognition which corresponds to the Ad, which is the Sephirat of knowledge. So in our, in our intellect, there's three, three intellectual faculties. There are Chokhmah, Bina, Dad, Chokhmah's wisdom, Bina is understanding, and that is knowledge. And Rabbi Ginsberg says that today, and it's incredible because he wrote this book, it was printed, I was looking, in 2020. And uh, it's so in time, it's timely, it's for now. And uh, he says that today people have a lot of access to a lot of knowledge. Um, you know, you just Google anything you want or you just go into Instagram, that's where people get their news or TikTok or whatever. And there's a lot of knowledge, but he says that this type of knowledge is not essentially good unless it inspires a person to be a better person. Like what he's saying is that knowledge is, is power. I'm not saying it's not. To, to be a person that knows a lot, it's a lot, it's very powerful. But the, the abundance of information uh, doesn't really make righteous individuals. Mm -hmm. And we see that in the times of the Holocaust, uh, Germany was also like, uh, what can we say? The, the people there were the most uh, educated people in the sense that you had the best doctors, the best lawyers, the best everything, uh, intellectually very um, educated human beings. But at the end of the day, these human beings were monsters. And we're seeing it today, sadly, in our college campuses, like the most important universities of this country, of America, suddenly they're also infested with, uh, with a lot of hatred and a lot of, uh, I'm sorry to say, not good people. So information brings us into contact with superficial facts about the objects of our interest. Under the circumstances, the soul similarly participates at a superficial level. And without emotional involvement, so in Hasidut, he says that a relationship constructed solely from this type of shopping list of information is referred to as back-to-back. -back. And, um, and armed only with this type of computerized data, one social faction may alienate themselves from another because it appears to threaten their existence. And this is what we're seeing today. Like you have two groups of people. You don't see people that have the ability to sit down and talk things over and use their critical thinking and investigate and go here and go there and learn more. There people today, this is the way I think, this is the place I connect to for my information and this is it. They're not interested in opening their minds and learning the facts. So, so he continues saying that when one begins a new acquaintance with a person or with a new realm of knowledge, the facts are significant. It's very important that people get factual information. Like people today, they invent history. Like they make new history of history. Like whatever was true, they erase it. They erase the, 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 the truth of, the, of, the, of history and they invent a new history. And so we see that this uh, relates to knowledge of the divine in every Torah meditation, 
we must penetrate the inner aspects by perceiving the meaning that underlies the words and reach to a deeper level of knowledge results in genuine bond between the individual who knows and the object of his knowledge. So in this way, knowledge of God is just not, not, not just another gigabyte of data in the microchip, but is a deeper and vital connection with God himself. And Hasidut refers to this deeper level of knowledge as perception. So when you see in, in, in the Torah world, for example, when people are learning Torah and there's two people, one in front of the other, and they're discussing a Gemara, yeah, it's not just like they take it to face. They go in, they look at it, they go where in the Talmud it comes from, and they research it, and what Rabbi said this, in what context, in what time of history, and they go, and what does the Allah say, and what this says, it's not like it's, you're learning like a sheep and you're just taking in information and you're just taking it. People really get to really go to the truth because Torah is you're a truth seeker, not an information seeker. You want to learn the truth. And so this is one of the problems that we're facing today, that people are not interested in, re in learning the truth. People are just uh, learning what is the, the fad of the moment? And, the, and, um, and so he says, this is a problem because really uh, we see that it, this becomes divisive and uh, it sparks hatred between people because they really don't come to know the person and they don't come to appreciate. So the Talmud states, whoever has knowledge, it is forbidden to have compassion on him. My own knowledge of him no longer has access to his inner being. And to connect to someone under these circumstances, we must rise to an even higher level of essential self-knowledge. By becoming aware of my own, own essence, I experience myself and the other as one unit. And what he's saying is that in essence, we all come from one God. We all come from the same source. Uh, there's no divisiveness. When we, when we go to the truth, to the essence, then we see that all these things that blind us are nothing but lies. And so our inner and connection with God unites us even when no other means of communication is available. And that's why it's a commandment of the Torah to love your fellow like yourself. How can the Torah tell us, love your fellow like yourself? How can I love someone like myself? To begin, do I love myself? So in truth, it's because when we're able to, to tap into the into the divine spark of every person and we see that everybody was created by God and everybody's created as a, as a, in his image. When we tap into that truth, then we're able to open our hearts and we're able to love. So Joseph's recognition of his brothers was, a, was this type of essential self-knowledge. This is alluded to in Rashi's interpretation when they were handed over to him, he recognized that they were his brothers and he felt compassion for them. So because they were his brothers, he felt compassion for them. So in conclusion, true recognition manifests as compassion and love. And this level of compassion reaches us out even to those who have completely estranged themselves from any connection. And this is a most profound level of inner knowledge that even a face-to-face -face relationship cannot achieve. So we see from here that Joseph, he came to recognize the, 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 what united him with his brothers. He, and he, instead of looking at what divided him from them, 
And the Tzemach Sedek explains that Rachel alluded to this talent of jo uh, uh, talent at Joseph's birth when she prayed, may God add me another son. This is the name Joseph means, may God add me another son. And this was Joseph's talent to turn another into a son by recognizing them while they were estranged from him. And so when we know and appreciate one another from a point of inner recognition and inherent understanding, we will merit the ultimate redemption. Should it be now, uh, may we see miracles, may we see the hand of God. Really, this, this parasha Miketz meets the ends of days when Hashem really is gonna put his hand in and he's gonna take us out of this galut, maybe soon and in our days, and may we see redemption and uh, may we see peace. Uh, finally, the ultimate peace. So I wanna wish you a blessed week. We're entering a new month, the month of Tibet. May you have a, a, a beautiful new month, a Rosh Chodesh Tov and Hanukkah Sameach and live a little higher. Thank you.